Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all well. My name is Jasper William Cartwright, and I am so excited to share with you episode one of our brand new Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Now, if you didn't guess it from the title, we are indeed three people of colour from around the world who have come together to chat and laugh about this amazing game. We are all DMs and have various levels of experience, so whether you are a seasoned sorcerer looking for new ideas or a fumbling fighter looking to learn the ropes, we have got you. We hope to cover a range of topics in this show from DM tips and tricks to player advice and hopefully some fun and silly stories along the way. Thank you so much for jumping in with us at the start of our journey. Um, Please get involved, send us your thoughts, your ideas, your questions. We want to hear all of it. So... Without further ado, this is Three Black Halflings, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. You will come to terms with your own weakness. Full Prince vibe, like a beautiful slave. Focus on your task. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think this is just a game? It is your board. The board is hypothetical. (laughs) Suffer and learn. We're about to get into something real big now. What? So here we are, episode one. Um, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Uh, my name is Jeremy Cobb, an actor, an American actor living in London, also British actor actually as well, American and British, dual citizen, <laughs> yeah, uh, living in London. Uh, Jasper and I met uh, when we did a play together last year, The Butterfly Line. And we did. Yeah, and that's when I first got into D and D. So uh, yeah, Jeremy yes. introduced me to the mighty world of D and D, and I've come a long way since then. I think every yes, every like day a, I spend now, like a beautiful plague, <laughs> I infected nearly the entire cast and crew yeah. of that show. Yeah. <laughs> it was very good. It was very good. Uh, and we also have um, my name is Leando Nati Lewis Nyao, but people call me Unati. Um, I am also an actor, um, and I used to do a lot of voice acting for video games and stuff, which I really enjoy. Um, I went to Central with uh, Jasper. Represent. Um, oh, and, nice. Yeah, and did drama school there. Um, yeah, and I was infected by the plague that is Dungeons and Dragons about, I don't know, about like six months ago. And then it kind of fizzled out. And because I'm a Taipei personality, once I like was in, I was in. I just bought like <laughs> almost every module. I'm reading nice. everything yeah. ferociously. I've got like 18 sets of dice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm wow. another roll tray. <laughs> like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> one for each NPC. That's the one. Yeah. That's the yeah. one. Oh, set for each NPC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got to have set one to your characters. We all know that we've all been there for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lovely. So, uh, Unati and Jeremy here with me. Uh, super, super excited to dive in uh, today. Um, 
Uh, just a little disclaimer at the top of the show, uh, we are just three nerds with really strong opinions and even stronger charisma scores, uh, which means we like to shout and get excited about stuff, uh, but ultimately we're here to have a conversation and a discussion about this wonderful game that we love. So um, please, if you are listening and you have an opinion, please share it with us. We'd love to talk to you guys. Um, I think we'd all feel very proud if uh, any kind of community was born out of this. Um, but if you do Absolutely. share if you do share something, I just ask you, we ask you to be nice, um, spread love. Um, it's just a game, even though it is the best game, and there is no arguing that. <laughs> uh, you think this is just a game? <laughs> yeah, I knew. I can already feel the hate coming for me saying it's just a game. Already, already ridiculous. Um, so, uh, let's dive into the show. Um, basically, the premise of this show is uh, we all uh, run games, we are all DMs, um, and we wanted to share some of our experiences and uh, the joys we have had of playing this amazing game. Uh, we're hopefully going to get into throwing out some DM tips and advice. Um, but this week, and potentially for the first few weeks, because there's so much to discuss here, we really wanted to talk about black and minority groups in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, there mm. is, is no secret that a lot of Dungeons and Dragons is based on very Eurocentric white uh, uh, culture with like things like Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and so we really wanted to talk and dive in uh, to what would it, what would it be like what would a world be like um, if it was um, uh, if it, we explored the wonderful world of, uh, of Africa and Asia and all these other wonderful uh, resources that, that, mm -hmm. and rich histories um, so what better way to start than with some of our own personal experiences um, we, before we dive into some questions um, so, uh, yes, uh, if we can, uh, dive in, uh, the name for our show currently, uh, or at least when it started was me and Jeremy, it was going to be called Two Black Halflings, uh, this could change, who knows, um, and I guess I'd love for Jeremy to share his, uh, the reason why he came up with this name, or we came up with this name, um, and just what your experiences, Jeremy, have been of being, um, a big black in, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, in this crazy, uh, wacky world that we play in. All right. Uh, well, I believe the inspiration for the name um, came from uh, back when I was creating a character for the game that you run, Jasper. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was like the first big game that you've run. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I've only run uh, one shot with my girlfriend <laughs> before this point. Okay. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and so um, I had played in a few campaigns up until that point. But uh, I, I realized around that time that none of my characters had ever been explicitly coded black. Uh, I am black myself, but none of my characters, even if they were, I didn't think of them like, this guy's black. And there was nothing identifiably black in their descriptions. And so I was like, okay, I want to play somebody who's black this time. And not just like, kind of black, but like, unmistakably black. Because I was also thinking, like, none of the characters I see in any of the campaigns that I play are explicitly black. Mm. Uh, and so I decided to create a black halfling character uh, named Dennis Colespring, uh, the ghostwise killer named after uh, Ghostface Killer from the Wu-Tang <laughs> Clan. Every time I hear that name. In fact, the, <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clan is actually the name of the clan that my halfling monk comes from. It is. From. <laughs> uh, and I, had, I, had to, I have to, even now, I'm still having to come up with reasons as to why the Wu-Tang Clan is in the middle of this wonderful, ethereal uh, world that I've created. It's marvelous. <laughs> yeah, and my I have a pet owl named Snoop. Yep. Um, 
and uh, well, not even oh. pet. I think she's smart enough that we're just and friends. also we should definitely explain. Uh, and she has an she has an afro. She does have an afro. Oh yes, we should, yes. I we got should it. definitely explain as well uh, that we decided early on that Dennis would have a huge afro, uh, and I, yeah. I I said, well, look, listen, that's going to give you disadvantage on some stealth checks. Uh, and so what we decided mm-hmm. is he has he has a do rag of holding, uh, which allows him to store items and his entire afro in a subplane whilst he's wearing it. Therefore, not giving yeah. him disadvantage on say on uh, stealth throws. Which you know, again, I think this is the sort of thing that we just we loved creating and just <laughs> feel very unique. You know. Yeah. yeah, and monks have an ability called slow fall where you can just reduce fall damage. So whenever I use that, it's me taking off the do rag and this huge parachute afro just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And slowing my descent uh, as I fall. Well, anyway, as I was creating Dennis and coming up with the ideas for him, I was looking up uh, images for inspiration online. um, And I was trying to find, like, okay, let's see if I can find some cool black halfling monks on here. Uh, And I couldn't find any at all. And so I was like, okay, so maybe not black halfling monks. There are halfling monks, but maybe not black halfling monks so far. I get it. Uh, Okay, let's scale it back and just look for, like, a black halfling. And then still could not find anything. This would have been, mm. uh, what, August of last year, I think? August of 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, and couldn't find a single image. The only image that I could find of any Black Halfling at all was of a really, really obscure subrace. I don't even remember the name of it that exists in some distant plane. And it's just like a really grainy black and white image <laughs> of like a, one or two black people just like, ooh, just kind of looking. And that's about it. They just, they live way over there. Nobody talks about them. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, I can't find, you're telling me I can't find a single image mm-hmm. anywhere? Mm-hmm. And that that was uh, what originally had gotten me kind of, had uh, rustled my jimmies over the issue. <laughs> uh, and was it, was it Jade specifically who came up with the name itself? Yeah, Jasper? yeah, it actually was, yeah. she Because uh, I explained the story to uh, to Jade, my my, uh, my partner, and she said, uh, she was like, oh, well, you know, you, you two black guys, you should be called two black halflings. Uh, which then had all the connotations and all the thought, got my sort of wheels churning about Lord of the Rings and imagine if it was like, you know, someone who looked like me and Jeremy going to, going to Mount Doom and throwing the ring in. And, you know, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think it would have been a very, it would have been an amazing uh, thing. And I think probably would have changed the course of fantasy forever because I think that's yeah. still Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they remake it, maybe mm-hmm. just like very people who very literally look like me and Jasper yeah. cast in the movie. That would be fun. Which I mean, me and Jasper <laughs> yeah. cast yeah. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, that's that's the one. Um, amazing. Uh, thank you for that, Jeremy. Um, I would love to, uh, Unati. I'd love to talk to you quickly. I know that you uh, DM and play, yeah. uh, but yeah. very differently to me and Jeremy, uh, we run mostly homebrew settings. Yeah. How do you find um, modules are for diversity and inclusion? Um, and is it something that you've struggled with, or something that you've actually found uh, works quite well? Um, I mean, it's 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 always kind of difficult um, to to sort of bring in inclusion, but I but I also find because a lot of the games I run, um, all the players are black <laughs> generally, um, nice. so so um, it's almost secondary because as I'm imagining the characters, I'm just imagining five black, three black dudes and two black girls walking around, you mm-hmm. know, like Baldur's Gate or something. Nice. Um, so that so that's already there, um, but like. It was quite interesting, actually, like over the last two weeks during all the protests and stuff, especially uh, because I've recently been running um, Descent into Avernus oh, in Baldur's okay. Gate. 
and um, I was trying to colour in the world for them and just make it clear. And I found myself speaking about a very brutal police force, like beating people in the streets brutally. <laughs> oh, and the boy. characters do nothing about it. Mm. And because because of the disclaimer at the top of it, like you kind of have to set up that the characters are used to seeing this kind of stuff and they're desensitized to it. Mm. Um, and then we had to have like a little mini inserted session, like zero two <laughs> kind of going like, is everyone still okay for me to run this? Mm. And I had to like take a step back and go like, this is very, um, you know, for, you know, from a Eurocentric perspective, fine, you're just talking about a fictional um, world, right? But from an Afrocentric perspective, you're talking about very real practical fears and concerns that we may have. So um, in terms of running modules and finding diversity for my characters in there, it's been like, it's been really, really tough. Um, it's um, like whenever I introduce new um people of color to the game the, the first thing they'll always say and pardon me is that is that that white people shit like that's the first thing that they'll mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. and then when they start to play they're absolutely in because it's it's the greatest <laughs> game in the world right absolutely so, yeah mm. it certainly so is. it's it's just interesting that um that an entire group of peoples have not been considered in the world building yeah um, for sure. i, I, I think mean, when it comes to like the NPCs and stuff, I just throw in flavor. Like I'll just change it. I'll just yeah, go, well, yeah. this is, I'm going to change her and she's going to have a big fro and she's going to be, you know, have a Southern drawl mm -hmm. and serve biscuits in her tavern. And I'll just, <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah. mess it up and, and try and make it more interesting that way. Yeah. Marvelous. I think this is actually, you've actually touched on something which I was going to bring up later, but I think we should bring it forward. Um, I think, uh, one of the things that I was really interested in sharing uh, is any advice you guys would have to, especially like white DMs, um, to include more diversity and inclusion in their games, because I think that's quite a difficult line. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, as a DM, I want everyone to feel included. And especially if I'm running a game, um, even with like uh, maybe um, uh, someone um, of an Asian descent, perhaps, mm. that's mm. something that I would still really want to feel like they can be included. So what would you guys say? What what advice would you guys give um, other than just obviously doing your research um, and not being, you know, not trying not to be sort of overtly stereotypical, but mm. other than that, what would you say is the, uh, what, what, what advice would you guys give for getting more in diversity and inclusion into your games? Mm. Um, I suppose for me, like what I kind of encourage usually, like especially with some newer players, I'm like, I just try to tend, I tend to tell them like, try and avoid the internet as much as possible. Sure. And I will give them the, the you know, the, the, um, the player's handbook in a PDF format. I'll send all of that stuff um, out to them and other variations on, on characters and um, classes and races, whatever. And then I have to have a disclaimer discussion and be like, you have to think of it as species, not race, because that word is quite tenuous for me as well. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. but that's kind of what I do is I just say, like, let your imagination run wild. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like <laughs> sure. the, the first rule is that it doesn't yeah. matter. I don't yeah. care. I'll figure it out. Like, yeah. don't worry about making something that fits in a fantasy kind of um, setting. Just mm -hmm. make what you make and then we'll sit down and fine tune together and I'm cool with it. And then I'm going to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, I love this. I love this so much. Mm -hmm. I think that our top advice for the podcast so far is to be avoid the internet at all costs. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably <laughs> like a good rule of thumb generally. <laughs> um, 
But no, I think that's a really, yeah. I think that's a really fascinating point that you've just touched on there about allowing uh, players and and as a DM giving yourself permission to really be inventive and to really find something new and nuanced. Um, because I think some of my mm. best moments are when I'm collaborating with other people and I've just allowed them to just go off the rails and just see what happens. Um, and I think the pot- yeah. potentially you're right in that. Um, the only time I feel like um, I would, or the only thing I warn a sort of new DM against, I say that like I'm not a new DM, I'm so new and so fresh to this. Um, um, but you know, uh, but the only thing I would say is that, uh, is that don't be too prescriptive. Don't try and force something into a hole that's like potentially not there, you know? Like you can, yeah. and just be free with it. Like I, uh, my favorite thing always is running, uh, like making all of my cities as like diverse as possible so that yeah. the players really get a sense of like, mm-hmm. Hmm. I kind of feel like I'd really like to find someone like this because I feel like you know, uh, like and and I go well yeah of course there'd be a person like that here and and I think that even just that way of yeah. just allowing your cities to be multicultural, well travelled, um, a real amalgamation of people and then you can I think if you then play it like that then you can go into those those towns and those villages which maybe they do have slightly more problematic views and you know yeah. things that the players can then it can okay. then challenge them with but I find cities are really helpful as a setting i would encourage yeah. cities i think they're just a great way to uh to introduce the players to a broad spectrum of kind of people and to allow the players to find out where their morality lies in a lot of these kinds of things mm-hmm. like you were saying about yeah. seeing things like br- police brutality or whatever it allows them to kind of go how does my character feel about that and not even sometimes how do i feel about that how does my character feel about that because that's yeah. a big big thing yeah. i think that people forget it's like we're here to play a game. These are characters, you know, uh, me as the, mm-hmm. as the DM, I am playing like a thousand characters right now. Literally, I'm populating this world in my brain, you know, so there's always going to be differencing of, like difference of opinion and, yeah. and that's okay. And I think we shouldn't shy away from that. We shouldn't be like, yeah. oh no, that's a problematic view. So we can't, we, we can explore it. Yeah. Um, I think it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, I would say for me, um, uh, similar to you, uh, Unati, it's, it's, like, I, I try to tell people, just come up with what you want to come up mm. with. And I want to sit there with them, and we'll, we'll develop it together. Especially for me, since I don't start, since I don't start with a module, I usually build the world out of what the players bring. Okay. So, like, they'll say, I, co- I want to come from this kind of a culture. I want to come from a mountain minotaur clan. Or I want to come from up north and I was raised by wolves. Or, and I want to come from the Feywild. And I came here because my family worshipped a crazy evil god and I ran away. And, like, we, we then, then we'll build everything out of that. Mm. And I'll create more of the world based, like, in response to what they give me, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... And for, like, that's the only time, actually, the only time I didn't fully do that was the one time that I explicitly tried to have an Africa-based setting for a game. Sure. And it was also the one time that it completely backfired because, like, half of the players did not buy into it at all. Half of them were like, yeah, and the other half were like, nah. Like, Mm. uh, we had a character named uh, Umbasa, and then there was a character named... Amanda Pegg. Uh, and it was like this, uh, well, uh, and then there's another dude named Sai Sahan and then another guy named Walter. And I was like, what? But, um, uh, okay. Sure. <laughs> like, 
I don't know if this is quite going to fit. Think, and I think you're touching it, on the right thing there when you're saying about uh, buying into something. And I think that that's what I really enjoy about playing this game is that it's a collective world. Players, I always find, forget how much they contribute mm. to the world when they play it. Be- yeah. Just because they are, you know, they're the center of the story. They flavor everything, every interaction with every NPC. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right. Having them buy into a world kind of really eliminates a lot of the question marks for me as a DM. And especially that sensitivity question that I sort of brought up was, is that I get to know what kind of campaign my players are ready for or want to play because I listen, cause I listen yeah. to them and say like, okay, how did you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And I think mm-hmm. that you touched on it as well, Unati, like uh, about sitting down and saying, oh, are we okay with me running this? You know, is, is, this, is, this, is this okay? Yeah. So I think dialogue for sure, giving your yeah. players freedom, um and uh yeah start start with some nice multicultural vibrant cities they're always yeah. fun definitely to play with those yeah um, i i actually was wondering in see i haven't i haven't played a whole lot of official material but i usually get the sense that the actual the way the game is written tends to be societies tend to be more racially homogenized and they don't you don't usually get a mishmash of mm-hmm. stuff and it also seems like the way the game is written, you tend to have strong stereotypes about character races. Yeah. And it's not even just like other people hold stereotypes, it's the DM will play them stereotypically a certain yeah. way. Like goblins and kobolds mm-hmm. and orcs tend to always have the same kind of a culture. And as a DM, I always veered hard away yeah. from that. In part, I think because it the, the the idea of having a bunch of racial stereotypes that are just apparently true for no reason <laughs> other than just these people are all really dumb and really yeah. savage, uh, as a as a black person made me very yeah. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, there's a lot of nodding going actually, on right one now of the, on, the one zoom, of, on the Zoom. You can't see this at home. Yeah, we're all like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the, the there is. I wish you could hear yeah, the nodding. Yeah. <laughs> From now on, we'll vocalize nodding <laughs> on the show, guys. Mm, yeah, And actually, one one thing that I did try to do um, was I tried to kind of leverage that to create some emotional complexity mm. or moral complexity, at least, in some of the situations. So uh, one of the early things that I tried was there was well, there was a player in my campaign called uh, who was a, a Duergar dwarf. We called them Dwergars because we had never heard anybody say it out loud, but apparently it's pronounced Duergar. <clears throat> but uh, essentially, uh, they're a group, for those of you who don't know, they're a group of dwarves who delved too deep underground uh, and like hundreds and hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago and accidentally came into contact with the Mind Flayers and were enslaved by the mind flayers the rest of the dwarves were like nope sorry bye and left them they were taken deep underground and spent like thousands of years in slavery to the mind flayers to the point where their physiology Mm. and entire mindset was changed through like years of torture and experimentation and everything and eventually they overthrew the mind flayers and they fled the mind flayers fled but now they live underground and they're this group of really like (laughs) <laughs> angry, hateful slavers. Mm. Um, and I found I found it really interesting that to, to try and explore their perspective and say like, okay, what they are currently doing is is obviously bad. Uh, they are enslaving people and they're a bunch of murderers, but they they are they are also victims of an mm-hmm. oppression that mm-hmm. has shaped their yeah. people. And they were abandoned by all of the other dwarves. And they're basically hated by... Ev- they live in a horrible environment under the ground where everybody hates mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in some way, their their current behavior is like a defense mm-hmm. mechanism 
against what it's like a reaction to how they were treated and at the same time i also had them all have uh southern american accents uh so that they would to to follow the slavery theme um they all had southern american accents uh but uh it was it ended up creating some interesting uh moral conversations I, I think that's players. really fascinating uh, and leads us really on, well onto the next uh, t- uh, question, actually, that I had written down here, which was that um, my personal belief is that d d is an incredible tool for like educating people about diversity mm. through a fun and engaging lens. I think through a way that allows you to actively make decisions which you wouldn't get to make on such a scale uh, in real life. Um, the reason I brought this question up, and I think you've illustrated a really fantastic point there, um, is that I was, this sort of my uh, ear was first tweaked to this. I was listening to uh, Matthew Mercer talk about Critical Role Campaign 2 um, and how he said that he, from the outset, this was one of his main missions of the campaign, was to basically play around uh, and subverting these species. Um uh, and seeing what kind of different um, uh, uh, things could arise from it. So uh, in the new Explorer's Guide to Wildmount uh, book, there is a very smart race of orcs, um, which I thought was amazing. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert for campaign two, but there is uh, the drow in the um, in the book are not... Um, evil you know they are um they're not all bad they are uh, complicated and flawed uh, just like their sort of human counterparts on the in the empire side and i thought that's a really i think that is a really fascinating way of educating people in a very kind of engaging way about how stereotypes play a really a really huge fundamental part of society um so yeah i'd just be interested to know if you guys have had any thoughts or, or have any thoughts about uh yeah engaging people in diversity obviously we've heard um from you there jeremy about uh what what you've done in your campaign is, is there anything that springs to mind with you unati yeah i think um i guess because i because i tend to run modules and because i'm sort of fairly new to this and i don't really get bogged down in a lot of like a lot of like the sort of reddits and subreddits mm-hmm. and like groups of like nerds on forums going about things and sure. i don't and i and i don't like i don't i don't become my own rules lawyer as well like i don't mm-hmm. sit around and go oh, i don't box myself into anything mm-hmm. so when it comes to sort of looking at a module and trying to be as diverse as possible it, it doesn't I just, I just, I just play them as diverse individuals. Like you said, mm-hmm. like looking at cities, I just go, well, yeah, he's Elven, but you know, and, and he's Elven, but he can't, he might be really, really stupid. And I encourage my characters to do that. I always mm-hmm. encourage them to, to give themselves, my players, sorry, to do that, to give themselves like a clear, simple flaw or to subvert their yeah. class or to subvert their race or species rather slightly, because I think it just makes for far more interesting play. Like mm. if you're just playing like a straight high elf, um, sorcerer. Paladin like, or something, yeah. Paladin, like, oh, <laughs> like really super boring. moral, you know. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, God. yeah. yeah. No, one, no one wants to play Elrond. The, he is a boring character. Like, this guy's... <laughs> oh, we must do this. In, it's our only chance. In, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think either of you guys have seen it, but in the... Oh, no, you have seen it. You have seen it, Jasper, in Escape from, in Escape from Bloodkeep, yes. the Dimension 20 yes. thing. The Elrond, the Elrond character is called Tellermind the Calm, I think. Yeah. And at one point, I think the players start referring to him as Lord Xanax. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. of how, how dull he, he is. He is so dull. But I think you're absolutely right. I think that, the, again, that was what my what I, I loved about listening to 
uh, it was a really interesting talk. I'd, I encourage everyone to go listen to it. Uh, it's the Brendan Lee Mulligan and Matthew Mercer are talking about uh, just a campaign setting um, in Adventuring Academy mm. um, on Dimension 20. Um, and uh, it was just really fascinating to hear them talking about the way to get around a lot of these things is making complicated uh, and flawed NPCs and characters. Mm. Don't allow yourself to just get into a place where you're just making two-dimensional people because then either way that's going to be uh, like offensive to someone do you know what i mean <laughs> or, or it's going to or it's going to or it's going to alienate someone and yeah. i think the last thing we want as dms is to alienate someone at the yeah. table um because um uh, because that's abs- the absolute opposite of what you want to do also i would i would add on to that i would say never never allow mm-hmm. your diverse characters to be defined simply by the thing that makes them diverse uh yeah, yeah. Yes. so course, even whether that's like racial in terms of dark-skinned, light-skinned, or in terms of, you know, orc, goblin, or in terms of, say, you're drawing from another country or culture, like, say, you're drawing from Asian culture. It should not be that these are the Asian people, and that's the only thing that matters about them. They should all just be, they should just be people, and then there are some different cultural, you know, we can look at the cultural differences, but that should not be the defining factor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, I wanted to get on to uh, some really fun topics now. Um, <laughs> for those of you listening at home, maybe I'll include a link. I don't know how this is going to work yet. We're all very new, so apologies if any of the technical aspects of this uh, aren't up to scratch yet. But I, what I would like to do is include a link to a Pinterest board that I've made, uh, which has some incredible um, black yes. art on it. I literally spent last night just freaking out looking at some of these beautiful images. Um, so I'd encourage uh, you guys, you know, I see Jeremy, uh, I'm going to do it myself as well gonna get this pinterest board up and just what i would love to do is just have a little talk if just un uh, unashamed bit of imaginating like what uh, ima- <laughs> imagining <laughs> imagining what would be uh what kind of setting uh if you had to bring come up with an afrocentric mm-hmm. setting uh what would it be or maybe uh like an afrocentric mm. class uh i would just love to hear you guys throw some ideas out maybe this is gonna be the setting for a future campaign i feel like there's gonna be a campaign born out of this mm-hmm. podcast yeah. for sure uh <laughs> but i'd love to hear uh, just looking at some of these incredible images some of the things i've never seen before like there's a black dwarf yes. on this uh pinterest board which <laughs> blew my mind he has got this incredible <laughs> this incredible like white long beard and this heavy crossbow i mean it really is it's 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 incredible uh i'm gonna absolutely have to ask or try and track down some mm. of these artists because they've done some really amazing work yeah. um so yeah, uh, yeah. W- whichever one of you guys wants to jump in, I know I've got ideas and thoughts, but I'd love to, uh, to hear what you guys. Well, have right to off the bat, idea. I really like that two of the the ladies at the top both appear appear to have vitiligo, which is like something you don't normally see. You don't. It's it's yeah. it's really it's yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. really cool. Yeah. Like it's I think it's a nice way mm. to include yeah. uh, a sense of diversity into it. And and um, yeah. I also love the lady walking next to the lion. That's also really cool. Yes. Yeah. There's this incredible image. Um, I'll just try and describe it as much as possible what we're looking at. Uh, this is an incredible image of this uh, sort of very strong-looking uh, African woman in this beautiful, like, flowing blue mm-hmm. cape uh, with this gigantic lion behind her with this, like, almost like... It's almost like a, like a little um, yeah. bandana a matching, around the lion. Yeah. Like a little blue bandana. Yeah. A little yeah. matching blue bandana. <laughs> and it is just, like, oh, man. like it, it, There's nothing more kind of, like, essentially powerful than that image. Mm-hmm. It really is yeah. uh, incredible. 
Um, for me, this is the big one for me. I I am obsessed and would love to run like a full Wakanda mm. campaign. Uh, I was obsessed with Black Panther when it came out. I absolutely loved it. The music, the vibrancy, um, yeah. just even even things like the music within like the fantasy realms. Like I want to hear more drums. I want to hear more yeah. beats. These yes. these things have existed for so long. <laughs> and like and even when I'm I run campaigns. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Even when even when I run my own campaigns, I'm still guilty of just looping it up every single time we go into a new town, you know, and it's just like Do you know what I mean? It's, and like no, I wanna hear some full like Mm. You know, um, yeah. and one of my favorite images on this, uh, if you sort of scroll down a bit, there is this incredible black elf character with these, uh, uh, he's got a full high top. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. I love that armor. guy. Oh. Uh, that is so sick. Sharp Dude. features, you know, and it's, and I was just, and in my head, I'm just picturing this full Wakandan Rivendale setting where we've got these elves mm -hmm. walking around, really like, like still keeping that like high minded sense of elves. It's all about beauty, it's all about like extravagance for them, beautiful finishes to, to their houses, and just seeing like these rich like purples and just like colors that we don't normally associate with that kind of like fantasy color palette, I think would be really yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, and then the last yeah. one I'm going to throw out uh, is the you sent a link, uh, Jeremy, uh, to a fantasy campaign, and someone had come up with a class. It was a mask mm -hmm. maker, um, and I was just like, that is so cool. Like I always, whenever I go uh, on holiday abroad, I always used to, as a kid, be fascinated by collecting masks, yeah. um, uh, like tribal masks and things. I thought they were just so beautiful and told such incredible mm. stories. Um, and I just think I love the idea of uh, a a sort of almost like a I don't know what it would be like an artificer sort of crossed with um, with a, maybe like a bit of a druid and in there as well. well there's an like sort of a shape element to it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, 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 and just like being able to like literally like use these masks, you know, this mask of many faces type thing, and to transform themselves or their abilities yeah. or you know like different resistances maybe when they're wearing certain masks and stuff like that. I feel like would be yeah. a really cool thing to explore. Um, yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to find a way of putting this Pinterest, I think, on the on the links. People need to see these images. Yeah, they're, they're they are incredible. They uh, I sent a, I sent a few in I the mean... the chat, the Facebook chat as well. Uh, Amazing! I'll put add. I'll yeah. add some more. Um, and again, if anyone is listening, if they, you know the four people that are listening to this first episode, uh, <laughs> if you guys do have anything uh, that you'd love to share or contribute, please, please do. We want to yeah. see it and ingest it all. Uh, we really want to give back to the community as well. Um, so if you uh, if you know any uh, minority mm -hmm. artists, um, musicians, that kind of thing, please reach out because if we do end up getting a platform with this thing, it is that is the number one priority, especially yeah. for me is to really share the kind yeah. of the breadth of talent that is out there mm. um uh Unati, i would love yeah. to talk to you uh yeah. because you had said that you always play tieflings for a particular yeah. reason and there yeah. is the most amazing black clearly black inspired tiefling, tiefling. on this pinterest yeah. board who's going who's going full prints on us right now I and it is it. so beautiful Jeez. i would just I love it. Uh, i'd love to hear why yeah. you play tieflings uh what you why are you drawn to them uh uh yeah just talk to us about that i mean uh, so it, it sort of comes from when you're kind of like you're doing your first little deep dive into your player's handbook and you're mm -hmm, reading about mm -hmm. all the different races or species rather um, and uh, it just struck me that they're, they're, a, they're, a, they're a subjugated, put upon, looked down upon class of people by virtue of how they mm. look. 
mm-hmm. and 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 a bloodline that has been sullied, yes, by some stupid foolish actions back in the day. <laughs> but but however, no mat now, no matter what, no matter if they, no no matter even if they have a good alignment, um, even if they even if sometimes I play a tiefling with a lawful good alignment, which I find really difficult because a lot of their abilities are kind of geared to bulking up things that are rather Mm -hmm. sneaky Mm -hmm. um, or kind of deceptive Mm. or manipulative. Um, But um, I enjoy playing them because I relate to them the hardest. And and usually when I come into games, everyone's, everyone kind of goes, oh, here's our edgelord. I'm like, hang on. Like, can you not not see the correlation as to why myself as a woman of color would want Mm -hmm. to play Mm. um, a tiefling? Because I I relate to their internal Mm -hmm. struggle. Absolutely. Yeah, do you know what? It's actually really funny. I think um, it's really funny you say that. I- I've naturally made this connection before, but my first ever D and D character, which was in your mm-hmm. game, Jeremy, uh, I played a a rogue. It was a Janasi rogue, and I actually think mm. one of the main reasons I think I was drawn to that uh, uh, that species in the first place was because uh, they had a very distinct, different color of their coloration mm-hmm. of their skin, and I just connected with it, and I just yeah. was like, "That's kind of cool. I love the idea that I look." superhuman super normal but i got blue skin because i'm an air genasi you know like that's really cool and i've literally just made that connection in my head now of like oh that's probably why i was drawn to that that species Mm. in the first place in the same way that you probably just inherently drawn to tieflings because you share a commonality with them um i I guess jumping into that my first two characters the first character i ever played was a deep gnome uh who again Mm. deep gnomes look different they're not coated white as much because they all have gray skin they're kind of they the, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. language is kind of scandinavian ish but that was one thing and then the next character i ever played was a changeling uh which could look like anything mm-hmm. and i distinctly remember liking that yeah. the gnome didn't look like all the other gnomes and liking that the changeling could be whatever it wanted to be whatever it needed to be uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think yeah, uh i i think that um th- i was just thinking one of I think one of our uh, aims with this this show is that we'd love to move the needle a little bit on making people feel more comfortable to branch out into any species or any yeah. um, class uh, and find commonality and find uh, the links with uh, with them. I'm now inspired to create my own setting, but if I wanted to make yes. my own setting, it would be based on the Mfekane, um, which translates to the crushing. When Shaka Zulu chased Mzeligazi, his next um, legal heir, out of Kuzulu Natal all the way up into um, Zimbabwe, what is now known as Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. And that's why today um, people who speak Zulu and in Kuzulu Natal and in Debele in Zimbabwe, our languages are actually identical. They're the same. Um, so uh, I would really like to look at that because there's also witchcraft involved is a massive thing um, mm-hmm. in African cultures. Uh, we've got dark magics um, and um, and good and light magics. Amakuicha are, are dark, um, are sort of dark witches. And um, what's the other term? Namasangoma. Um, are more sort of like um, I would I would link them to more sort of um, ethereal um, chaotic good um, okay kind of nice so um, and and then, and then obviously there's a whole bunch of other possibilities and, and races and classes and features and abilities all that from there not just like getting creative about it but I think as a tool to like educate people about diversity as well mm. and about sort of segments of history that they might not necessarily know about mm-hmm. even yeah. though this is fantasy you can absolutely infuse it mm-hmm. absolutely with, with with the historical well yeah um, exactly. absolutely what, that's yeah. 
And uh, that's why I think D and D is. Uh, that's what sort of you know my my point about it being white Eurocentric. I think so much of D and D and so much of things like Game of Thrones is historical, is rooted yeah. in 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 uh, in history and in, in historical events. Mm. Um, if you ever make that campaign, uh, Unati, I will take it as a personal affront if I am not included uh, <laughs> as yeah. a player character. I was going to say, can um, I jump in there? My... It sounds like it would be really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. My, uh... I think I'm inspired, guys. You've done it. I think. I'm yes, inspired. we've done it. We've got one. Person involved yeah. that's it that's all we need yeah. now we can stop the show this is it this is the show guys this is it now it's over we're out build my own a sentence. very successful yeah. pilot but, but like, we, did, we accomplished our but ultimate no, goal but but fully this is i mean this is you know this is going to sound this is going to get a little deep for a for a D show but i think we can i think there's a scope for this you know my uh family uh my father who i don't have any real contact with um he's from zimbabwe and i feel like i've just learned from you in the last 30 seconds more about zimbabwean culture than i ever knew not because i haven't yeah. sort of tried yeah. it's just it's yeah. a very daunting thing it's a daunting task do you know to what your totem is yeah yeah to kind of educate yourself and what was that sorry i think i missed that do you know what your totem is? No, I have no idea. I don't even know what a, what a totem is. Yeah. Um. Do you know if you if you if you tell me your last name, I'll ask around um, my Zimbabwean friends, and we'll find out what your totem is. Each oh my god. In Zimbabwe has an animal totem. Oh my god! Amazing. Okay, so my uh, my father's last name and family name is McKee. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. McKee and yeah. Yazlip. Yeah, I'll have to ask because I don't speak Shona. 
Um, send me a text one of these days and just yeah. send it for me and I'll find out what your totem is. Oh my God, this is amazing. I love this. I love this so much. Um, and again, please, like if there's other people listening uh, who are interested in this stuff, who have ideas about this stuff, share, share, share. I can't stress yeah. it enough that this yeah. is about uh, community more yeah. than mm-hmm. anything else because um, D&D is like, it's the best community in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think this is one of those, it's one of the fandoms where I think... Uh, everyone just everyone has like their own little areas that they like to be in and i and i really kind of i think everyone has a conversation and a commonality which i really enjoy you've got your hardcore rule nerds over in the corner like yeah. i'm looking at you jeremy this this guy he <laughs> loves he loves them rules he loves them rules uh you know he he busts my balls every it's time true. we play he'll be there going oh but i think you'll find he actually already <laughs> used three legendary reactions this turn i'm like god i'm guy. rules lawyer on behalf of the players that is uh, not against the players. I am pro That's player, fair. including when I DM. But I would also, but I would also like to uh, uh, say this, which is that as a DM, I think, and I would like to start a campaign right here, right now, which is hashtag ban the monk, <laughs> uh, because it is the most infuriating class in the world for the DM. Uh, I really enjoy playing with single, uh, single like enemies encounters, yeah. uh, like really strong single enemies, because I think it's just really cool when you've got like one bad guy just fending off like six NPCs, like PCs, or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. just awesome, and it's easier to run as a thing. But when you have a character like a monk who has a high spell, like DC, um, high, high save, sp- DC. Uh, uh, save, high yeah. save DC. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. That stunning uh, strike. Who just stuns your character? <laughs> every time and you just have to sit there for a round whilst the PCs just wail on this guy yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. it's yeah. a thing no, yeah. so hashtag it's a thing of the beauty monk. folks it's a thing <laughs> of beauty it's officially a thing uh, I hate I know, it I, I hate that it's anti monk anti monk persecution is alive and well here you've heard it here folks <laughs> yeah here in this yeah <laughs> no I love it I love it when my characters do that to me though I mean like monks yeah, monks do yeah, of course ir- do, yeah. They, they really do irritate me but I really do enjoy that moment where you've planned out something you're yeah. like this is gonna be and then course. immediately and then in one round like yeah. just decimate that... you're like yeah absolutely that... wow. <laughs> I made sure that I stacked this correctly. There was there was a climactic battle in one of my main campaigns, and and one of there was this crazy basically a a were creature, crazy magic powers. She was currently uh, turned into a bear at the moment, like was attacking, and the barbarian ran up the side of a cliff, hit her. He's a barbarian paladin, critted on a smite, first attack, then he hit her again. And then he had haste cast on him, and with his hasted action, threw her off the cliff. Because he's a Minotaur barbarian, and he's just that strong. <laughs> in, in a wow. single turn! Wow. It was just like, Love well, that. yeah, okay, that's it. Well, uh, yeah, that's I the think... end of the session, folks! <laughs> yeah, uh, that's all I had planned. I thought that would take at least three hours, so cheers. I was looking through her spell list, like, is there anything she can... Nope. <laughs> like, nope. Nope. Yeah. She got nothing. You just see her transform. Like and some just, of the, ah! sh- and she falls away. That's yeah. it. <laughs> just straight up. And I love, I love the moment as well as a DM when you sit there and you go, okay, here we go. We're about to get into something real big now. Hope you're ready. Hope you're. Oh no! No 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 no! Stop something! Ah! Okay. Okay. So let me just. Uh, I'm just gonna go through my notes real quick. Uh, see what else I have. Um, <laughs> Uh, my favorite, my favorite one is always um, cool. So I'm gonna loot the body. Uh, oh, oh, I hate there? that. 
There is um. Do they have any magical items? Six pieces of gold. Yeah. <laughs> on this random bed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My favorite as well is always um. Oh, that magical glaive they had. I'm like, oh no, that's so powerful. I can't give them that. It disappeared, guys, when the uh, when the when the creature died. Yeah, it was actually a packed weapon yeah. uh, for that for that uh, that fighter. That ooh, maybe they also had they were a warlock, as it turns out. Uh, yes, they had one level yeah. of warlock. Um, at which point, Jeremy would jump in and be like, "Actually, I think you'll find the packed yes. weapon uh, is only unlocked at level That's three true. of warlock." Uh, uh, so, uh, but yeah, I think this is uh, this is. Uh, this brings us on to what I was going to say. It's just about uh, some just straight up DM fails uh, and mishaps because I think these are always fun. And I think part of the, again, part of the reason for this is that I wanted to give players uh, and DMs alike a little place to share uh, these kind of wacky moments where things just completely go out the window. Um, I My attention is immediately drawn to uh, the a recent campaign that Jeremy was a part of. We are in this city. It's called Thunder Lagoon. Um, there's all this mystery and intrigue, and the players have got to go investigate uh, these, this group <laughs> of people called the Enclave of, of the Old Salt um, and figure out kind of what's happening. Uh, and they've heard that a magical item is coming into port in but an hour's time. And in my head, I've got this full thing planned out about how they're going to move this item through the city and where players could potentially intervene or whatever. Uh, and the players straight up, uh, they were kind of angry at the old salt for various reasons, and they just straight up went, "Let's go find this boat whilst it's still out, uh, whilst it's coming in, so we like we can like surprise it, ambush it." And I was like, "I did not plan the boat." At all. <laughs> oh my god! There is wow. no boat. The boat. There is no boat. The boat does not exist. <laughs> and so you sit there as a, and I probably planned this session for a good like two hours, and you sit there and you go, "Why do I even try?" This is just, it's not possible. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay guys, why don't you just go over that plan one more time? I'm just gonna sit here and just get a name generator up and li- so I can list off all the names of these pirates and that are gonna be on board this boat. And this is what's hilarious. Some of the best stuff happened. We had incredible yeah. character moments. There was nearly an, an, a PC like fight. It's true, uh, like, it you know, turned into full PvP. Started fighting each other. And one of the the captain of that boat ended up becoming like a character that stayed in the campaign for like a good three sessions. So awesome. that yeah. was a real fun one for me yeah. of like a total moment of p- blind panic and just being like, okay, time to pull something out of somewhere yeah. because we're going, we're going to this boat right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's my own fault for giving them uh, a creature that could swim at ridiculously fast uh, paced. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, DM decisions always come back to bite you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really but yeah, if you guys have anything, uh, I'd love to hear if you've got any any crazy things like that where you're like, oh, man, mm. what? <laughs> uh, do you, Nati, do you want to go first or should I jump in there? <clears throat> You jump in. I'm trying to think through like a couple of my one shots here. Okay. Uh, here's one. I got I got one that leads into another. So one of them I mentioned. Uh, there's an elf in my campaign who who come, She's an Eladrin. Comes from the Feywild. Her fa- she has a whole falling out with her family. They were trying to hunt her down through a series of things. They figured out where she was on the Prime Material Plane in this big climactic battle. They that with like a that was unrelated to this situation. They sent her brother through, who's a paladin, to come fight her. He's got, like, these 
all these legendary or very rare quality items. Like, he's come fully kitted out to just, like, deal justice. Uh, and one of the players had previously gotten his brain eaten by an intellect devourer that was, that was like, possessing his body. And the intellect devourer saw this guy show up and was like, it clicked in his mind, like, that guy's stronger than the guy I currently have. And managed to successfully... Uh, use its mind powers to reduce the guy's HP to zero, or sorry, his HP, his intelligence to zero, and then eat his brain. And while that was happening, the party managed to take his wings, it was like a, a really high-level flying, like a high-level ability, or it's not a high-level ability, it's a high-level item that allows you to fly for up to an hour. Mm. Uh, they took a couple of other, they took the cubic gate, which is like a legendary item that allows you basically to jump to any <sighs> one of six planes. Um, oh, nothing worse. They took nothing so many things, and this guy managed to escape. <laughs> this guy managed to escape back into the Feywild uh, with the thing in his brain. But from then on, I was living in desperate fear because I yep. realized they could yep. teleport anywhere, anywhere, and I yep. would have I would spend so long planning because I had to plan literally every place. Six six planes yeah. at least Anything. minimum. And six planes of existence was, uh, plus everything else. Uh, like and like you gotta consider like how does time move in this plane? Like there's so many things to try and like te- giving players teleportation is possibly like the one it is that I have avoided it like the plague. I have just about allowed my players to get a teleportation circle and I'm like, but you could only travel in between teleportation circles. Yeah. Don't even think about going anywhere. Yeah, there's a <laughs> like, reason, to get there's a reason else. that stuff is end game <laughs> ability and it's not just because it's yeah. powerful to the players, it's so the DM doesn't have to try and write all that stuff at level three. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then sure. that led into a later thing where they were trying to go into a castle. Now, I, the the person, the player who got this item, the cubic gate, just completely forgot that she had it for like the Thank next God, right? ten to fifteen <laughs> sessions. Uh, and at one point, I had a character like borrow it and to examine it. So I'm like, okay, buy myself some more time. Well, she's just gotten it back. They're about to infiltrate this castle, and one of the pl- like they are doing this whole like wind- windy thing through the castle, hiding in different spots. People know they're there, and one of the players, I was, I had this huge battle planned out in like the throne room of this place. There was gonna be a bunch of like high level champion characters, a bunch of like a, a hill giant. Um, a bunch of powerful lycanthropes in there. It was going to be nuts. Uh, and then they decided to use the cubic gate for the literally the first time mm-hmm. to not mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. destroy the only teleportation circle that existed in the castle so that no one could get reinforcements, but then they teleported into the throne room and completely oh. diffused the situation in, an enti- in a single round. A single wow. round completely just wow. diffuse the whole thing. Gone. I was mostly Gone. just impressed, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, <laughs> but it worked out in the end because one of the NPCs they didn't know was actually a bad guy and fully, like, pickpocketed the cubic gate, turned on them, and left. Yes, uh, yes, and... nice. I love that. Recover as a DM. Yeah. You were just like, do you know what? No, this was too much. I'm taking this away from you right now. It's like when you accidentally, you accidentally kid, like you give the kid a rock and realize the kid is like going to throw it through a window. And you're like, no, 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 no. I need to take this away from you. Now. Uh, this was this was too much. This was too, too powerful. Power. You're not ready for the rock yet. You're not ready for the rock yet. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I guess you guys are very generous because I usually don't really run into like a lot of trouble with my characters. I, just, I usually feel very sorry about for them dying because I just don't <laughs> give them anything. 
I'm a very stingy DM. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, cool. Nice. Until you have passed level five, you are just going to struggle. Yes! <laughs> you are just going to struggle. You are going to be human and you are going to learn. Like you are going to realize what fear is, guys. Exactly. For me, like, level one to like three, four is like humble thyself. Yes, yes, yes. You are yes. not gods yet. And then you will earn it. And then you will feel like gods, and then I will sweat. Aye, this is preach. I love this. I love this. I love this. I've got I actually, shit to do. Just the I actually had a very. For these poor it's, funny, it's funny actually you say that. I ha- I play with uh, some of my drama school friends. So uh, it's basically I call it my chaos group uh, because they they tra- you know just trained actors and we we always have a great laugh together and they just want to do whatever's funniest in the moment. Uh, <laughs> but and because of that, I find it easier to punish them as a group <laughs> with my other group i find it really hard because they play the game really well and i'm like i don't want to be i don't want to be an asshole right now do you know yeah. what i mean i don't want to be horrible yeah. to you for no reason yeah. and so but with this group i'm like oh so literally last game we had uh, there was a giant army crossing the plane i mean i'm talking like te- i literally described it i think as like uh, over 10,000 troops marching to like war right now so the, this yeah. is heightened state of tension and the, literally, I wrote one sentence which said, this is there to give the players a sense of scale. And what did these guys do? They decided they wanted to try and get cut across the army so they could carry on going where they were going because they didn't want to be held up. Um, and when they got there, one of them cast a sky self on himself and they started talking to this general and the other one decided he wanted to try and pants him. Now, if you know anything about disguise self, it's literally an illusion. So your hands would literally go through the illusion in order to try and do something. <laughs> so this guard immediately spots this and just goes, "Well, I'm arresting all of you," and like, <laughs> and 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 like, they nearly died because of that encounter. Like, and because there was you literally like ten thousand troops, they would have absolutely died if they tried to defend themselves. Yeah, and. And it's funny. I find it easier to punish them as a yeah. group uh, because they because they because they take the uh, uh, take the mick so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but but they again they I I, I end up being very uh, very nervous for them whenever we're in a combat <laughs> because they're very new and very fresh to this. And sometimes I'm like, oh, you guys. Like you guys are with a cleric who has like Abe, uh, my our friend Abe, yeah. who you could probably only describe him as chaotic, like the purest form yeah. of chaotic, yeah. and he's playing the cleric in the group, and he has <laughs> no idea what his spells do, and so the cleric is out here casting Toll the Dead uh, on a creature which is like got two hundred hit points or whatever, and two of his party members are down. You know, <laughs> and so like, I got to the point where last game I had to give them a cleric, <laughs> like uh, like an NPC. Um, uh, this dragonborn showed up as a cleric, and they convinced him to join the party. They were like, "Please, please help us. <laughs> we're dying." <laughs> Focus on your task. Yeah, yeah, honestly, but yeah, but again, I, I love yeah. it because like, them they I'm totally humbling them every time yeah. we play. Just humble. Just, just humble. I'm very harsh between level one to five, and then yeah. I loosen up. No, fair. I think that's I yeah. think that's a good way to be, though. I think that's a good way to be. Give your and I think giving your players a sense of stakes is a great way to invest them in a campaign. Mm-hmm. Generally, absolutely. Uh, if they have stakes and they feel like people can die and there's real yes. uh, consequences yes. to their actions, yeah. swiftly people suddenly go, "Oh, I got to switch on now." Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to cool, switch yeah. on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not you gonna know? die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I may not be the center of this story if I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually have so, a question. I have a question. Yeah, for you, for Nati. Um, oh. So. Uh, I'm curious because both of the both of the campaigns that I've played in that have been module focused, um, mm-hmm. I have usually not enjoyed as much. In part because my character backstory 
be, you going in, I don't know what the story of the game is going to be because obviously it's pre-written. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so my character's backstory ends up never having anything to do with what we end mm-hmm. up doing, mm-hmm. and it often makes me as a player feel very disconnected. Because I'm like, oh, so it, it makes me feel like I'm on just sort of a generic adventure. I'm here just yeah. to do some stuff for the sake of doing some stuff, not because mm-hmm. like, not because I care about it. Um, I I was curious, have you encountered your players feeling similarly, or uh, how, or and if so, how do you circumvent that in your games? Well, I think I think I suppose I mean yeah because I run the modules, but again because I'm running this currently, I'm running um, Avenis. What I sort mm-hmm. of did is I I kind of scanned the thing. Um, fit, scan it once and then kind of scan it a bit closely again just getting a sense of like the whole arc of it and then I was like well this mm. is actually rather dull so I created an NPC that was telling the story to the campaigners and they'd found these journals they'd keep mm. finding these journals about information oh, okay. so like I just I, ta- mm. I take my module as a guide I do not run it strictly because cool. um, oh, okay. I, I, I also think the way that they, when they're run strictly are actually kind of boring Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So what I'll do is, if I feel like an encounter isn't exciting enough, I'll just go into my monster manual and be like, "Hmm, there is a werewolf in there now." Yeah. <laughs> As well, mm-hmm. they must they I must suffer that. and learn. Yeah, <laughs> learn. <laughs> they must learn some humility. <laughs> this um, is some. Or, I'm feeling some strong, yeah. powerful mom vibes from this. You must <laughs> yeah, struggle yeah, for and sure. push and like, fight your way. <laughs> My my favorite as well, like you threw werewolf in there because you knew that they didn't have silver door magical weapons yet. You no, knew that. I knew that. And that's why you put that. it in there because but I wanted to, they weren't going to hurt it. Because I wanted to teach them to run. I didn't want to like. That's yes. the thing is that sometimes <laughs> I, I have to I have to balance like helping them learn how to play the game as people who aren't maybe necessarily as into it as me, mm-hmm. but also mm-hmm. like keeping them up to speed so that the game doesn't slow down, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, sometimes I just throw in something that I know they can't defeat to encourage them to run, to know that mm-hmm. they, they don't have to always solve every single encounter. Mm-hmm. They can go back to the pub, have a pint and make a plan yeah, before they just go and guns blazing thinking that they're badass. This is so fascinating, actually, because my Thursday group that uh, Jeremy is a part of, I find that really difficult sometimes because these guys are so co- like confident uh, with their own ability. Th- there's very few occasions where I feel like they've ever been like, we might need to run here. And like, I worry about throwing something in with that intention because they'll just try and fight it. <laughs> and they'll realize yeah. when it's too late that, you know, and maybe that's yeah. a lesson they need to learn. Maybe that's yeah. a lesson they need to learn. Yeah. So watch out next Thursday, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, well, I was, I was going to say, Jasper, I was going to say, I thought you did a good job of that with the the undead beholder that you threw in that one time. Ah, uh, yeah. That because, was... and I think in that case, it was because you telegraphed up front. This is not like it was essentially in a. It was in a, a, a clearly town. haunted town. Yeah, yeah clearly so haunted. Clearly haunted. Yeah. Uh, like I had scouted it out uh, from Snoop's back. Uh, Dennis was, was like, fully like, "Nope, not today. Yeah, not nah, nah. We ain't going in there. We ain't going <laughs> no. in there. Uh, like, no, and." Uh, it was really funny because that that campaign at at that time had two black players and one white player, and yeah. both black players, upon hearing about nope. the town, were like mm, nah, and the white player was like, but well, but but what if we went they, in? There, there <laughs> could be treasure. <laughs> there could be. Hell like, no, y'all can keep oh. the treasure. Yeah. So um, I'm already out of here, guys. I'm actually sending you a message right now as I'm running away. <laughs> yeah. That was so. That whole thing was like he just sauntered in there. I was like a good 120 feet up. 
Me and I think are just watching from flying, above. Like, yeah, me, me and Ryan, and but it was because of the buildup. There was already a sense of like this is clearly a very, very dangerous place, yeah. and, and we I don't. We, yeah, we shouldn't be here. You have told us that we shouldn't be here. So if things go bad, I will run immediately. Yeah, and I in fact, as soon as all. things, that is exactly what happened. As as soon as things went south, Dennis flew away, just flew away yeah. just flew as away. fast as he could. Well, yeah. I I guess oh, no, it's also how I, how I, um, sorry, how I try to like encourage my players to play their characters, not just their stats. Yes. Mm. That's yes. why I like to, in, in John Wright's famous words, I like to put them in the shit because yes. I want to see who they yes. are and not yeah. just their capabilities. What they're made of, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like find out who you actually are because then next session they're like, I didn't realize that I was such a coward. <laughs> I've got to redeem myself. Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you are learning now. Yes. You are humbling. You are humbling yourself. Yes. These are the most brutal sounding games. Yeah, I'm, I honestly. You will this, come to terms with your own weakness. Yeah, this, <laughs> this South African setting that me that the Nazi's gonna run right now. Me and like I guarantee me and Jeremy twenty minutes into the campaign will be crying like on our hands. Yeah. Like, please, yeah. please stop. I mean, like, oh, we can't do it. No, I'm like, level I'm one. Not. Why are we up against the Tarasque? Please. <laughs> I have no idea idea how any of you are going to defeat Shaka Zulu. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, because they are, like, they, are level, they are level 40, two, two, like, 20, like yeah. 20 levels of sorcerer, 20 levels of wizard. You guys are dead. The spell save, the spell save is 32 and you are level 1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, sure. I, sure. I love uh, I love this. I have absolutely adored this. I feel like this is probably, we should probably wrap up at some point. I feel like we could probably talk forever, but then we wouldn't mm. have uh, yeah. episodes. Episodes two and three and four. Uh, I was kind of thinking next week maybe we should dive into some more kind of like personal reasons for playing D and D, like why we play it, why it's yeah. important to us. I think that was a fun one uh, and ties into our overall theme about yeah. kind of black culture as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could potentially be our talking point for next week. And I think we should also definitely dive into some more uh, uh, black creations uh, and some more yeah. South African campaign settings, more Wakandan se- uh, campaign settings. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. Uh, amazing so yeah thank you very much for listening uh, and we shall hopefully be back next week with another episode um uh, stay tuned thank you very much thank you thank you uh rustled my jimmies